We've got something extra special for you folks this time around. We've got singer-songwriter Del Barber out of, he's just outside of Winnipeg, English, Manitoba, Canada. He is alt-country, indie folk, Americana. Uh, he won a Juno Award in 2011, two-time Western Canadian Music Awards for Indie Album of the Year and Roots Solo Recording of the Year. Uh, Del Barber coming your way next. Guess what? He's also an avid fly fisher, and a lot of, a lot of his shows, uh, basically when he's out on the road, just so happen to be in Blue Ribbon Trout Water Country. And we got to thank Ryan Ermit for reaching out, setting this up, and, and Del agreeing to do it. We've got some great tunes coming your way, and we're going to dig into Del's fly fishing story in just a moment. Want to thank the top 10 cities for listening this week, folks. Thanks in St. James, New York. Westlock, Alberta was next, followed by Charlatan, PEI. Tupelo, Mississippi, followed by Honolulu, Hawaii. Odessa, California. Paradise, California. Stratford, Ontario. Bozeman, Montana. Dublin, Ireland. And Santa Cruz, California. Thanks, folks, for all the downloads. Del Barber is next. And you walk too many highways. Jump too many trains, and he hooked too many walleye. He always knew the way, and he swam too many oceans, saved too many lives. He always told the truth, he could always spot the lie. And he made too many dollars, his words were always making sense. And he dreamed the biggest dreams, left the highest fence, and he wrote too many songs. And read too many books And he loved too many women Stole too many looks The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is powered by theflycrate.com An online fly shop Join the Quarterly Fly Club today Your source for all things fly fishing And wait for it films For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, check out Wait For It Films on YouTube or at www.thewaitcreativeco.com. And Broken Tippet Fly Company, blog and fishing apparel and accessories. Check them out online at brokentippet.com. You are listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. And and so at that point, you're buying you're buying the license for the year, and you're like, oh, I'll come back and play a show this year, and then it never happens. You know, but, so how yeah. important is it when you do your tour schedule that the fishing <laughs> is good in the neighborhood? Um, it's pretty important. Uh, likely... Um, likely I'm trying to book those shows during the fringes of the, the best season. So I, I'm not really interested in, in fishing, uh, the Galton in the summer. Like I want to fish yeah. when there isn't, when it's not getting pounded. Uh, I just, I just don't love fishing and with a bunch of people around i mean i i yeah. i have the luxury as a musician to fish midweek um so i'm i'm not i'm not i basically won't fish weekends unless i have to um <laughs> i i feel that i wish i wish i could do that more yeah like dude like this this job that i have has allowed me to fish uh tuesday wednesdays pretty much exclusively uh-huh. like if i have two days and i'm gonna book them off when i'm on the road yeah um, I'm, I'm going to be playing, you know, Friday, Saturday night and, and usually Sundays even, uh, 
but Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays are slow. So usually I can travel Monday and get to where I want to be and then, and then, you know, get a few days on the water while I can continue on. Um, and then there's just obviously the trips. I make a yearly trip to the Eastern slope of Alberta, uh, every summer. I usually make two, uh, it's only 10 hours if you really haul ass from, from my house. <laughs> and that's like the, that's the, the closest real, hmm, I wouldn't say that the closest trout streams that are, that are sort of world-class there's, there's yeah. some really great stuff in Saskatchewan, but mm-hmm. access is hard. And, um, I don't know, some, some of you listeners will really love fishing size 20 dries for Browns in really with sticks yeah. hanging over the riverbeds. But I, I, I can do that for a few days, but after a while it gets like, it gets pretty hard on the soul. Um, <laughs> for me, I just long for, I long for like for room to cast a little bit and yeah. I don't have to stand in the water and spook fish. I hate the feeling of that. I'm spooking fish. Like I don't, if I don't have to get in the water, I won't ever. Yeah. Um, as soon as I climb in the water, I'm like, well, my days, <laughs> you know, my day's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, like aside from crossing or whatever else, um, you know, but uh, yeah, so like I, I generally try to end up on the eastern slope of the Rockies and in some places that, that midweek where there where there aren't a lot of people, and I usually get a week or two in a summer. Um, and now with the family, hopefully they're going to start making that pilgrimage with me. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by the Fly Crate. The Fly Crate is an online fly shop where you can save more on flies and gear. Shop between hundreds of unique flies and join the quarterly fly club for hand-picked fly assortments for each season. Exclusively for our podcast listeners, you can save an additional 10% on the Fly Crate by using the code FLYFISH97. Go to theflycrate.com and use the code FLYFISH97 at checkout to save 10%. Welcome to this edition of the Flyfish in 97 podcast. Totally stoked you chose to join us today. We got something special lined up for you as we always try to do on the podcast and that's head out, find somebody passionate in the fly fishing space. We love talking tunes. We love talking, you know, what you're listening to on the way to the river or the lake, um, what kind of patterns you're throwing just kind of get a feel for somebody's fly fishing story. We have got Del Barber on the program today. Uh, Del is out of Inglis, Manitoba. Uh, he is a musician, Canadian indie folk, alternative alt country, let's say, Americana. Hard to put this man in a box. Check out his tunes. We're going to talk all about what he's been up to. Um, he's had, well, many albums, Stray Dogs, Easy Keeper, The Puck Drops Here, Prairieography, Headwaters, Love Songs for the Last 20, where the city ends, uh, and this this man is a passionate fly fisher, so we've got a ton of things we can talk about. Dell, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, it, it's my pleasure, because I've just been sitting here as I'm prepping to talk to you, because I always like to do a little bit of homework, and I'm listening. I probably hit 10 tunes in a row, and I'm like, man, this is good stuff. And We're going to talk cool. all about your music, but let's start. let's start on the water. Where did your journey in fly fishing start? So if you kind of had to hit the rewind button and take it back to your roots, when did you first discover fly fishing? Well, fishing in general, I mean, I remember, I'll get to the moment where I picked up a fly rod for the first time. I have like a very specific 
definite memory of where I was, who I was with and, and what happened. But, but before that, um, I grew up spin fishing, you know, I grew up fishing with my dad, a fondest memories of, of fishing for walleye with my dad in the Prairie Lakes in Manitoba, you know, but, but mm. that sort of, it, there wasn't, uh, it was pretty singular in its dimension. Uh, it was, it was bait fishing. Uh, I was trolling, you know, it was these really simple presentations. Um, and then I met my, my mom's boss was, a, was a guide. He guided for catfish on the red river. Hmm. And I was 12 years old and he started taking me everywhere with him. Cause I was pretty capable. I was athletic. Um, and I was kind of nerdy about fishing. Like the more he talked about it, the more I absorbed. And so I started going to boat shows. I started representing Lund boats at boat shows. All really? across, yeah. All across, uh, uh, the Midwestern States. Huh. And then I started pre-fishing tournaments with him. And then I ended up on a bunch of TV shows, these American Midwestern TV shows, uh, Outdoorsman Adventures with Gary Howie. And then I ended up in a bunch of magazines and I was like 12 or 13. And, and then I started just getting tackles into my house and rods, like blanks, like new stuff. And, and so I was like fully, I didn't know it, um, but I was just like getting this massive amount of influence from all these anglers, you know, walleye and bass guys primarily. And I started to really get into the nuances of, of fishing. And and, and 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 then when I turned probably 16, I started, that started, part of my life started fading away. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I still fished with my dad and, and I had a good time, but I didn't like, I wasn't working tournaments or, or going to boat shows anymore. Um, kind of tired me out and I was playing hockey and I was, I was playing music and, you know, I was getting distracted mm-hmm. by by women and you know all, all the rest of it and i have no idea what then, you mean <laughs> yeah 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 nobody would uh and then I, I i took this this trip to alaska uh i hitchhiked from winnipeg to vancouver and then from vancouver to alaska and then i ended up getting on a float plane and volunteering at this this kids camp in unilaclete alaska on the bearing mm-hmm. and then uh, randomly there was some some fly fishing ambassador i can't remember his name brought a vice and he brought 10 rods and his whole dream was to to show kids what was happening uh you know yeah. at the bottom of the river not just with sure. fish cuz all these 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 native kids grew up fishing these these salmon rivers and and uh they they grew up catching all these amazing silver salmon and whatever else and, and then a bunch of char and um dolly varden and everything you know it comes comes in those rivers and, and and uh and he had fly rods and he said yeah you can just take one whenever you want i was there for three weeks and that's i remember the moment i picked one up and i had no clue how to use it and <laughs> one lesson and i was gone and i didn't see anybody for the whole two-week trip i was supposed to be volunteering and helping paint and fix windows and stuff and and uh, I was just catching Dolly Varden's on flies, <laughs> um, mostly woolly buggers, and yeah. that that he made us tie in the evenings, and they were they were ugly, but they worked right away, oh, and yeah. uh, and that was it. I was in love. That was like hmm. the indoctrination, and and so I'm uh, 38 now, so that's 18 years ago, I guess. Yeah, and probably 17. I was 21 at the time, I think. 
Hmm. So, uh, yeah, so it was Alaska. And then, and then that trip after I was in, did that little stint where I was supposed to be helping out this kid's camp. I ended up going down and fishing some of those famous salmon rivers and salmon runs, the Russian and, wow. uh, and, and yeah, so then that was it. And then I, I, I came home and, and was like, I'm just going to fly fish now. And that's basically all I've done since, um, with a few exceptions of, of course, when I, when I take people walleye fishing that, that, yeah. uh, that want to troll and hang out in a boat. Uh, but for the most part, uh, it's not enough anymore. You know, it, it's, it's become this thing where I have to figure out, yeah. uh, what fish eat and why. And, and, and just, it's gotten me into the, the what's under every rock. And, and, uh, I feel like fishing for me is a lot like my job as a songwriter. Like I'm just, I'm trying to look under rocks and I'm trying to figure out why people tick and and hmm. uh and uh, that's that's how i write songs i write about i write about other people and and it's i just feel like it's it's really given me the ability to examine the world in a way yeah. um that's that's really helped my art you know it's interesting you say that dell because i i talk to a lot of people and i know from my own personal kind of experience with fly fishing it makes you pay attention to details that you wouldn't normally you know, you're not thinking about what's going on underneath those rocks. You're not thinking about why that trout or why that grayling or why that fish is taking that nymph or that dry. And when you start noticing those little things, things kind of, it opens up a lot, a lot of things in my mind. And I, I could see what you mean. Is that your experience with songwriting too? When you start digging deep and you just kind of, is there some synergy between those two two worlds? Oh man, those two worlds are are uh completely symbiotic to me for me uh hmm. i when i'm not fishing uh enough um i generally don't write very much or very well uh and it's like it it sounds like an excuse to maybe my partner or my wife uh, but but like i really do I find most of my inspiration through fishing, uh, or, or other outdoor pursuits. I'm a bow hunter as well. And that, that's mm-hmm. definitely given me, uh, some of the same things, but, but there's nothing like, uh, for me, um, moving water, uh, especially water yeah. that I can see through a little bit and, yeah. and that I can, uh, figure out what, what is living in that that seems almost you know those freestone rivers that that just don't have that aren't chock full of life uh it just it gets i get i get off on it um yeah, yeah i get it and especially fisheries without like a lot of fish per acre um hmm. I, I i love putting miles on my boots and hmm. and i and i and i love places where there there aren't a ton of people or there isn't a ton of pressure uh and so and, and I and I feel like that's the same thing that happens in my songwriting. I'm trying to go to places that other people don't really want to touch, or like maybe more mundane subjects, and try to make them seem holy, in hmm. a way. Yeah. Um, I I yeah I I find that my life fishing mirrors my life as a songwriter. Uh, not to get too romantic out there, but <laughs> but hell, man, we're, we're we fly fish. It's it's like you have to have romantic bones in your body if you want to actually be good at this. You know? Yeah, I get. So. I I know what you're saying. And how important is it too that the people in your life, like your partner, your spouse, recognizes that in you and knows that if you take that six eight hours 
to get out on the water, you're going to come back rejuvenated, ready for everything else that life has to throw at you. Yeah, I think I think if she didn't, I just don't think this would have worked out. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which maybe sounds shallow, but like fishing, no. fishing means uh, a hell of a lot to me, and hmm. she's the most understanding. I mean, there's a point where I can push too far and take too much time for myself that, that, you know, there, there is selfishness that happens, but for the most part, uh, she gets it. And, and I think that, and, and she also loves to fish too. And so there's that, you know, that there's that she doesn't love it as much as I do, uh, which is, which is probably fortunate for our (laughs) relationship because otherwise we wouldn't get anything done. But, but uh, yeah. I I love the way you verbalize that. So if you had to look back and go, you know, um, it sounds like that fellow that uh, put on that tying clinic and got you with the woolly buggers on the dollies and all that maybe was a big influence. But if you look back and go, okay, um, you know, as you do with your songwriting, this person influenced me, this person influenced me. What about your fly fishing? Like who, you know, it may be somebody you just kind of watched on social media or on TV, but who would you look to for people that have kind of been influential in the learning curve for you, uh, fishing-wise? Okay, so I was sort of touring, like, with some success. It it, just, it started happening, uh, it was a decade ago, um, and I ended up in, in Jasper, Alberta. And uh, a woman heard one of my songs on the CBC, and... Uh, she she thought maybe I needed a place to stay. And so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll crash on the couch. And I played a show at the Legion and crashed on her couch, and then I met her husband. <laughs> her husband, Ray, is a, is a just notoriously great angler, okay. notoriously great uh, tire. And, and he was the one who took it upon himself to indoctrinate me fully. Um, hmm. That was the point where I went from like, uh, thinking I knew how to fly fish to realizing that there were people that, that, that had such a depth of knowledge, uh, that, that, that I immediately turned into my hero, you know, yeah. like everything he did, I, I wanted to cast like him. I wanted to drink the same beer as him. I wanted <laughs> to know, uh, I wanted to know why he did what he did and, and, and when he did what he did and, and I, I was just interested in mimicking him uh, just the same way I would do my hero's songwriting, you know, and wa- getting to watch him. I remember, uh, like, being a capable caster and trying to fish behind him on a river and on the eastern slope of the Rockies and, and, mm-hmm. and just basically feeling useless because I couldn't, I couldn't catch a fish after he had, he had worked through the water. Um and now I like to think I still catch the odd one. I still like fishing behind him because I still learn stuff from him. And and we've been fishing together uh, every pretty much every summer uh, since we met. And that's great. Um, he is he is like he is still the guy that that I that I want to be like. You know. Yeah. Um. He he's he's just he's he pursues excellence. You know. He's he's like he's a fantastic woodworker. Um. He, he, he's a great cast. He's, I don't know how old he is, 65 now, and he still wants to get better. Um, yeah. He doesn't fish as, as even as hard as he did when I was, when I was starting out, uh, when, when I was fishing with him like 10 years ago or 
12 years ago or whatever but but yeah he he's uh he's just one of those guys that just like immediately i was just like yeah i'm gonna age like this guy no matter what like this is the plan <laughs> yeah i bet you're glad you played that legion that night all those years yeah, ago. yeah i've i've played there oh probably 20 times since you know and now we pack the place and and uh and he comes to every show that's and, awesome uh, he usually leaves you know four songs in but he wants to know he wants me to know that he cares you know? <laughs> that's great love it i love talking influences because we're all you know we're all influenced by so many uh whether it's you know your day job or your hobby and totally. uh, you know pursuing that kind of that holy grail of whatever you're doing i think takes it's it takes a village you can't do it on your own and and uh yeah. that's one thing Dell, that i love about this space and what i love about doing this podcast is how sharing people are with information like i i honestly don't think i've ever encountered a pastime uh, such as fly fishing that people are just like well i'll tell you what i'm using here's what i'm doing here's how i tie it no you need to cast like this <laughs> totally. you know what i mean it's it's a pretty um sharing culture for the most part yeah i'm i'm like thoroughly impressed by the community that surrounds fly fishing like i experience uh a lot of anglers at my shows because they like the word is out that that's what I do on my days off. And, and I, you know, I, I try to write off licenses uh, every year as sort of research and development. <laughs> uh, but, but like there, there are some years that I've had 15 States and, and in every province uh, and, and it's, it's an insane expense. And, and it's also, wow, uh, it's one of those things where I end up fishing alone in, in water. I don't, I've never fished. Um, yeah. And so those relationships for me have like opened doors to some of the most amazing water and, and most amazing places and, and different ways of fishing. Um, I remember being in Pennsylvania. I was playing the Philadelphia Folk Festival and uh, just randomly getting billeted at someone's house. And I saw this binder on the wall, like on a shelf pulled it down and it was it was all of the the formulas for furled leaders and i was like well i've never <laughs> fished a furled leader and he was like you want to you want to make some and so he immediately just brought out everything and we just twisted up some leaders and uh and and he sent me home with the folder i i, I can't admit that i'm like a a champion of the furled leader but but it makes sense for for some of those little tiny uh rivers yeah. in pennsylvania um to have a leader that's that soft and, and, uh, you know, I, I fished them when I was out there with, with great success. Um, mm. but I can't get the same, I can't get the same, uh, effect in the winds out West. So I don't use them at all. Uh, when I'm, when I'm fishing, uh, anywhere, uh, let's say West of Thunder Bay, Ontario. West of Thunder. There's a lot of country West of Thunder Bay. <laughs> uh, you know, you made me laugh when you said you had, licenses in 15 states in every province i'm thinking that's gonna cost a few bucks oh man it hurts yeah so bad and it's like usually it's like i'm buying a license and uh I, i'm assuming i'm gonna get back there within the year so i'm just like oh, i don't want to buy the the one day license. no no i'm gonna no. i'm gonna i'm gonna make it work so i can yeah. be in montana to fish for five days yeah and and so that at that point you're buying you're buying the license for the year and you're like, Oh, I'll come back and play a show this year. And then it never happens. You know? But So how yeah. important is it when you do your tour schedule 
that the fishing <laughs> is good in the neighborhood? Um, it's pretty important. Uh, likely, um, likely I'm trying to book those shows during the fringes of the the best season. So I, I'm not really interested in, in fishing uh, the Galton in the summer. Like I want to fish yeah. when there isn't, when it's not getting pounded. Uh, I just, I just don't love fishing and do with a bunch of people around. I mean, I, I, yeah. I have the luxury as a musician to fish midweek. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I basically won't fish weekends unless I have to. Um, <laughs> I, I feel that I wish, I wish I could do that more. Yeah. Like dude, like this, this job that I have has allowed me to fish, uh, Tuesday, Wednesdays pretty much exclusively. Uh -huh. Like if I have two days and I'm going to book them off when I'm on the road, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to be playing, you know, Friday, Saturday night and, and usually Sundays even, uh, but Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays are slow. So usually I can travel Monday and get to where I want to be and then, and then you know, get a few days on the water while I can continue on. Um, and then there's just obviously the trips. I make a yearly trip to the eastern slope of Alberta uh, every summer. I usually make two. Uh, it's only 10 hours if you really haul ass from, from my house. <laughs> and that's like the, that's the, the closest real, hmm, I wouldn't say that the closest trout streams that are that are sort of world class there's there's yeah. some really great stuff in saskatchewan but access mm -hmm. is hard and um i don't know some some of you listeners will really love fishing size 20 dries for browns in really with sticks yeah hanging over the riverbeds but i i can do that for a few days but after a while it gets like it gets pretty hard on the soul. Um, for me, I just long for, I long for like, for room to cast a little bit, and I don't have to stand in the water and spook fish. I hate the feeling of that I'm spooking fish. Like I don't, if I don't have to get in the water, I won't ever. Yeah. Um, as soon as I climb in the water, I'm like, well, my days, you know, my days <laughs> over. Yeah. Um, like aside from crossing or whatever else, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, so like I, I generally try to end up on the eastern slope of the Rockies and in, in some places that, that midweek where there where there aren't a lot of people, and I usually get a week or two in a summer. Um, and now with the family, hopefully they're going to start making that pilgrimage with me. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Good stuff. Now, how, how big a family you got? How many kids you guys got? I have a, a four-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I have a nine month old son. Oh wow! So you're he just you're, turned nine months today. Yeah, you're busy. Yeah, yeah, dude. But it's it's the best. Like I haven't yeah. I haven't had a single moment of regret. I I thought I would. Um, I thought I would end up in this selfish place where I would I would wish I had more time. But I just I really enjoy their company, and it's 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 awoken some things in me that I, that I didn't know were sleeping, and uh, mm -hmm. and and I'm getting pretty excited to show Guthrie how to fish, you know, and, and that's my daughter. She's four and she's, she's very capable and very bright. And I think, I think she's going to love fishing. And I, and I, I don't know, I just have to, I'd love to hear some feedback from, from any parents out there who, who have like, 
figured out a way for their kid to love fishing without forcing them to. Uh, <laughs> you I can't. Have, I had a. You can't talk yeah. to me about that because I've tried forcing it, and I'll tell you, it doesn't work. No. No. I I know it. I've I've watched it with most of my friends, and so I'm I'm just like hoping there's a way for me to politically involve her in it or to keep her from it so she wants to do it or i don't know what here's to the do, trick but. you wait till they're 12 or 13 and then you convince them that you don't want them to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> just kidding i know i think that's probably right <laughs> well it's a little reverse psychology but um yeah i've I, i've i've got two uh, i've got twin girls they're 20 and I, I know that one day they're going to come out on their, on, in the boat and we'll, we'll hit some still or hit the river. But yeah, it's, um, like you say, it's like being a hockey parent, right? I go to, you see a lot of it in rinks where they're always forcing little Johnny to get out there and come on. <laughs> but if it's not in their heart, you can't force it, right? It's totally. like, and, and, and you want them to follow their own path. But, uh, yeah, for I, sure. I feel what you're saying. I mean, I, I right now I, I'm just this young, you know, I'm a young dad with a lot of hope, and so oh, and I that, love it. All those hopes could be completely smashed. And no, that's it, no, don't listen you know, to it me. Won't, I'm it old. It won't take away from from my love of it. I just yeah. I want her to love the things I love right now, you know. And yeah. So uh, we'll yeah. see how it shakes out. Oh, I think you'll be just fine. We have got on the podcast today, Dell Barber out of Inglis, Manitoba, Canada. Um, Canadian indie folk, alt country, Americana, artist, singer, songwriter. He won a, a Juno Award in 2011, two Western Canadian Music Awards for Indie Album of the Year and Roots Solo Recording of the Year. I want to talk about your tunes. I want to talk about your music. But first, I want to get a feel for your neck of the woods, Dell. So um, yeah, you're headed to your favorite stretch of water. Let's say you left the farm and you're heading out. You got your fly rods. What is playing in the truck on the stereo on the way there? Hmm, okay. I think if I'm leaving in the morning, uh, I'm probably, like, if I'm leaving in when it's dark, uh, oh, man, I'm probably, I'm probably putting music on right away. I'm probably listening to Lucinda Williams, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I've always been a big Towns Van Zandt fan, so he, he always comes comes to me at some point. But I think when I get closer to the river, uh, or the or in my case, because most of my fishing locally is uh, is still water for trout anyway. Um, right. I think I think for the most part, I'm going to end up listening to John Prine or Greg Brown. Nice. Uh, yeah. Those are like the two the two people that understand me. and uh and and so i end up just leaning on them uh especially when i'm when i'm going fishing it's 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 sort of cliche like greg brown any greg brown fans out there will will just understand that he's he loves to fish and he's a fly fisherman but but he understands uh poetry and and he he has something to say and he doesn't take himself too seriously and all those things are are really important for a good day yeah. fly fishing you know uh, as soon as i put expectations on myself uh when i'm fishing uh yeah. or i start trying too hard i end up not having a very good time and I end up fishing poorly you know mm-hmm. and and the psychology of of going into a day of fishing is is uh for me at least it's become a really important part of it and f- allowing it to be that place where i 
don't really have to care about anything else. I can just focus on that exact thing and be present with it. Yeah. Um, and be happy with the results regardless of what they are. Um, you know, and, and even when they're really good to not let that really affect my mood. Uh, yeah. No, don't get too high or too low. I know, I know what you mean by that. And I think the expectations is where we sometimes, I had somebody on the podcast last night, we had an in-depth chat and he'd been going through a lot of stuff with COVID and he went down bone fishing down to, uh, Exuma in, uh, the Bahamas. I just, I can't imagine anything better than throwing flies in like, you know, on the flats when it's, you know, uh, 30 degrees and uh warm and you got something good to drink and there's palm trees and mangroves and yeah. and a bonefish is running into your backing you know that um yeah like a, like a five pound bonefish is just is like smoking you like you like i just i watch yeah. a lot of videos in the winter months of these things just hoping that one day i can be warm again you know yeah and uh i just <laughs> <laughs> well you were saying before we hopped on this how how this winter has kind of got to you and i i feel that and i think i think the i know you're in your mid late 30s but i think the older we get the older it gets you know what i mean yeah, it's man. like yeah. <laughs> just give me 25 degrees celsius and uh she'll be she'll be good yeah but my you know my favorite days like and i was thinking about this and i get in the truck and, and i'm driving to to water wherever i am i really like it when it's when it's kind of the weather's kind of harsh in the morning. There's something about like, for me, like shivering, like steelhead weather. And then, and then by, by noon, the sun is baked like that. The warming up period, that's like my, mm. those are my most memorable days when I've been so cold shivering. And then somehow by noon, it's, it's beautiful out. And I'm like, I'm warm. Uh, yeah. you know, I've gone through that whole thing and hopefully I've handled a few beautiful fish by then mm -hmm. and, and then the pressure's off, you know, like, and that's, I can't imagine the pressure going into a, a, a saltwater trip where you spend all this money and, uh, yeah. the, the pressure to like have a great trip and to, to catch fish and then, and then let's say you show up there and it's, you got 90 kilometer an hour winds. Well, that's exactly, in a row. that's exactly what happened. Um, to uh, a friend of mine that was was telling me about the trip, but I mean, yeah, they found their way through them. it, and well, and and those trips usually are short. So this particular yeah. one was fourteen days. So when you get fourteen oh, days, nice. you're gonna yeah. get some good days. But if you're only there for five days and the weather doesn't cooperate, and we've all been there, right? You've got those expectations. Even when you go out to your favorite puddle or your favorite creek, your favorite river. And the wind's howling, and you're like, I don't even think I can throw a line into this because I know you yeah. guys get some wicked winds out on the prairies, Ugh. as we do yeah. here. And uh, you know what drives me nuts, Dell, is I don't care about rain. I don't care about sun. I don't care about... It's the wind. It's the wind. I can't... It's the one thing. <laughs> it's the one thing that we can't... It's hard to fly fish, golf. It's hard to do a lot of things that people like to do when it's crazy windy, right? I hate it. I hate the wind. I'm thinking I, about taking up kite surfing just so I have kind of a fallback. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. It's at least, at least something will, will, you know, yeah, be positive from it. Like I, I had a near death experience. Uh, I, I do a, a yearly 
uh, brook trout trip to Thunder Bay, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I fished the Nipigon River, the famous Nipigon River, and, uh, and then also fish uh, for coasters in, in, uh, in Lake Superior. And, uh, and we, we crossed this massive bay. It's like 14 miles across in this tiny little 16-foot lund. Yeah. And and got to these amazing little back bays across into this peninsula. Anyway, and the wind came up and in the middle of our crossing two days later on the way home and uh every wave came in the bow of the boat and the water's like three degrees and I like we both thought that was it, you know, like we were it was like a moment where I like kissed the shore and like I was like clutching on to my to my eight weight and the gunnels for that whole, like, it was like a crawl across this bay, like six foot, seven foot waves. It was awful. It was hmm. like one of those things that just the wind just came up in. And, uh, and I don't trust the wind. I don't like it. I don't like, uh, dealing with, with water and wind. Uh, just too many bad experiences, especially you get, you start, you start fishing on big water, like Lake Superior. Oh, and yeah. the wind comes up, you're in trouble. Seems to me, um, uh, Gordon Lightfoot might yeah, yeah. About that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may, may, have, may have heard that one, may have sang that one a million times. I don't know. Is he an influence yeah. of yours, Gordon Lightfoot? Oh, yeah, come on, of course he yeah, is. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, cool. Oh, man. Who, yeah, else, I, I, who else do you cite as influences? Like, who really talks to you when you're writing a song and you're like, who sticks in your head? Yeah, I mentioned John Prine, of course, yeah. and, and uh, you know, like the, the Canadians, like uh, like Gordon Lightfoot and, and, uh, and, uh, um, Oh, who am I thinking of right now? Oh, I don't know if you know a Newfoundland guy named Ron Hines, but he's another yep. just hell of a great songwriter. Um, hmm. And uh, yeah, Neil Young, obviously, like like all of the sort of folky songwriters yeah. that that. Uh, Emmy Lou. Emmy Lou Harris, yeah, man, she's like she's the greatest voice of all time. People, some people don't like it, and those people are not my friends. Uh, but I, I'm a big, I'm a big Emmylou fan. I actually asked her out for coffee once in an elevator. Wow. Uh, oh, come on. You got to dig into this. You can't just let yeah. that flow. No, no, no problem. Walk this us is, through this. This is my famous, famous Emmylou Harris, uh, encounter. So we, I was in Toronto. I saw her play a songwriter event. It was like one of our royalty collectors, uh, BMI or, you know, like so can it's it's the they're they're agencies that, that mm-hmm. collect royalties to, for, from radio uh for those of you that don't know the industry um and and so they put on these events and they bring in heavyweights like emmy lou harris it was like emmy lou harris and randy bachman and, and a few other songwriters uh so we got on an elevator together it was just me and her and the elevator stalled <laughs> i'm like eighth floor and we had to go we were going down to the main lobby or whatever we we're like in a ballroom in a hotel and so it was like it had the feeling like this could be forever like we might be in here for hours you know and so we started talking and i just told her how much i loved her and i gushed way too hard and uh finally the thing kicked kicked on and brought us down way too fast i could have used the hour um and then right when she was about to walk i said uh miss harris i i would love to have coffee with you sometime she's like i just can't i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you shut me oh, down hard. Shoot. Burn. <laughs> hey, no, man. She was super gracious. I was like clearly probably creeping her out. And yeah. I didn't realize it. And uh, uh, I was just trying to not fanboy, but was yeah, fanboying. That's you know, tough. It's one of those things. But you know what? A legend for sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think who that would be for me if I ran into it in an elevator. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, who would it be? Oh, shoot. Um, Any, like, fishing celebrities, it, if you run? I was going to say I was gonna say Springsteen or oh, yeah, Bond. I, I don't... Do you know who I love? I don't know if you know this guy's music. Have you ever heard of Billy Falcon? No. Look him oh, up. Check it out. He was I'll doing kind of folky rock stuff out of New Jersey kind of, uh, oh, years ago. Very much influenced by Springsteen. I'm I a huge Springsteen fan too, man. I have, I'm have. i looking at my record collection right now, and I, I have every Springsteen on vinyl here just sitting in front yeah. of us here. I mean, uh, you can't go wrong, right? Uh, no. I just, I, I, I love that there's so much heart in, in his music. You're talking about Van Zandt. There's, uh, you know... For me, I love that blue collar jersey scene. I've always loved that that yeah, that totally. music scene. I don't know why, it always talked to me. But yeah, that's cool. Let's um let's talk about where you like to talk fly fishing. So when when you're not fishing, you know you're not on the river. Is there a fly shop? Like if you got to drive a ways, um, is there a fly shop near you? Is there a local no. local legion? Is there somewhere you hang to talk fly fishing? There is no, there is no fly shop here. There is um, one of the gas stations sells flies that someone ties. I've never met them. Um, we have a bunch of like famous little Stillwater lakes. There's like a, a really successful tiger trout lake here that was they were introduced in, and um, people come from all over and fish them. And and they're a little bit, they're just basically like ponds, but the fish get huge. They're like just pigs in there. And so people, it attracts tourism. And so they try to sell flies and stuff, but there's, there's not nearly enough, uh, local interest in fly fishing for there to be any sort of a shop. Um, yeah. Like even in Winnipeg, there's, there's fishing shops that have fly fishing stuff, but it's, it's all Mickey mouse, you know, like there's nothing yeah. really happening. You're, you're not slay you're not slaying like uh, catfish with elk hair caddis on the red too often. <laughs> well, you know, Uh-oh. you know, maybe um, maybe I'm wrong. Not, not with not with caddis, but but there is there is a lot of people, myself included, who have begun targeting channel catfish with flies. Now, wow, it's pretty it's pretty dumb. Uh, I don't really consider it fly fishing. It's it's just like it's it's. As soon as you just, as soon as you exclusively fish streamers, uh, it you might as well just be chucking gear. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> oh, man, you're much. you're gonna piss a few people off for that. Edit. Let's edit <laughs> hey, that. Man. Hey man, I I love fishing for pike. I got I we have an amazing pike fishery here. Yeah. Um. You know, but but if you're if you know if you don't have to present, uh anything but meat to fish then then it's 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 no different than than i mean we're, we're no higher than a spin fisherman or or a bait caster so are you using uh, jig jigs or how are you getting those things down there that's what i'm curious about uh, just you know just tons of lead <laughs> <laughs> and does it work shot. have you actually caught a catfish yeah, on a streamer yeah, and it is, it is super fun it oh, is fun and it they're they're huge uh 
Um, I, like I said, I grew up guiding for them, uh, using like shrimp and like, uh, suckers and stuff like with, with big heavy gear. Right. Uh, and so catching them on a, on a nine foot, uh, 10 weight is, is a pretty great time. Um, hmm. and then, yeah. And then I'm, I'm starting to get into the carp thing. I, I, there's a really great carp scene in my local lake here, my local reservoir. So I'm doing that. Uh, but you know, there's no, there's no access to materials, everything. I have to order everything. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit annoying and there's not really a local community, uh, that, that is, there's a few people who, who say they do it, but I, they're not really at my speed. Like they're not really doing it Yeah. very often. They're not like practicing. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like an obsessed type of person. Like I have to play guitar every day and I like to, to, to throw a line around and I, and I like to shoot my bow. Like I have to be mm. doing those things to, to, for me to believe that I'm going to be good at them. Um, yeah. and that doesn't mean that I'm like a great caster or anything, but it, but it's just something I just need to check in on, uh, even just psychologically, you know? Hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't really have to worry about it, I guess. Cause I'm, there's going to be ice on our lakes till, till June, I guess this year, oh, judging man. by how it looks, me. we're, we're getting another 50 centimeters of snow here. Uh, what? so today, I mean, tomorrow. Yeah. Coming up here right away. Uh, but I mean, our, there is a tailwater, uh, the Assiniboine River starts right where I live, and and it is actually a pretty cool river to fly fish that no one fly fishes. So you can catch gold eye, moon eye on dries. Hmm. Um, you can catch. Uh, I I I've chucked streamers for walleye and, and pike in there, uh, and for carp as well. Um, and then there's also a bunch of like rock bass and and uh, and then freshwater drum, which are really fun to catch on the fly. They fight like crazy. Um, these are all fish that I fish when I can't fish for trout. Uh, right. And, you know, it's, but I am finding a lot of joy in, in, in some of these warmer, warmer water fish, you know, but. Well, I'll tell you, from my perspective, carp is underrated on the fly. Hard to catch, but man, did they ever go for it once they're hooked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I hooked into one last summer and. Uh, I thought, I thought I had hooked like a 25 pound Northern Pike. I was, I was sure of it, uh, on a, on a small fly. And, and that thing gave me the most, the biggest workout I've ever had, like, uh, backing twice in the current, uh, there was like 10 people gathered around. It was, it was a really, it was like one of those things where they just like, I was running down the bank with my rod, like as <laughs> high awesome. in the air as I could trying to jump over logs. And it was, it was awesome, man. Yeah. Falling in the water soaked, you know, and then people just started to be like, what is that crazy person doing? So, and, uh, yeah, sounds it, like you're so, all in, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's all in. If I got a fish on, I'm going to, I'm going to land it. It's going to happen. <laughs> Let, let's talk sports. So I know, uh, growing up, you're a big sports guy. Sounds like a big yeah. hockey guy. Yeah. Um, if you're pulling for your favorite team, Dell, uh, are we talking, you know, are we talking football, hockey, baseball? Who, who are you cheering for? Okay. So, uh, Winnipeg Jets for hockey. Nice. Green Bay Packers for the NFL. Ooh, okay. Um, my mom's side of town is all from Wisconsin. And, and so I grew up as an, just like by genetic disposition, a Packers fan. And I've been one ever since passionate about it. Cold weather football. Uh, you can relate to that. Yeah. 
it's the only team owned by the people still left, you know. Mm, yeah, well like, said. In, in all of professional sports, maybe. And then I'm I, I went to the university in Chicago, so I, I'm the North Side, so I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. Nice. Uh, for baseball, hmm. and I don't really watch basketball. Uh, I suppose I I'd be a Bulls fan just because I went to a couple games when I was there, but but I'm not really a basketball guy. Was that back I, in I the to... Pippen Jordan days, or? No, it was it was after when it okay. kind of fell apart, oh, yeah. but. Uh, but yeah, like I, 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 whenever I get a chance to go watch basketball, I, it's it's super fun. Like if I'm in Manhattan and, and the season's on, I'm gonna try and and, yeah. and check out check out a game in New York because it's just like basketball games are so fun. There's so much entertainment happening live. Oh yeah. Uh, but I don't really watch it on TV, whereas I watch football and, and hockey on TV whenever possible. How's, how's your pack going to look this year? It's, there's Not a lot good. going on down there. Well, you've got a quarterback, but after that, things are, uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It'll be a lumpy, it'll be a lumpy season. I, I don't know. We'll see. They seem to, they seem to figure out a way to compete. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully it'll, they they'll do. compete. And and that's all I really care about. Like, I like the idea of making runs for things, but I just like seeing competitive, yeah. competitive teams on the field. It's, it's, uh, exciting well from what i've seen this off season uh you probably want to be in the nfc because the afc is looking a little scary right now yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah crazy yeah, i'd agree with you there um what do you why do you spend so much time on the water and, and this is a bit of a heavy question but i like to ask it because i always like to go down this rabbit hole what does fly fishing do for you uh huh yeah, it it. Uh, I mean, I lean on it to to become a creative person. Uh, like I've I've I use it, I selfishly use it to write songs. Um, so there's that. I feel a little bit guilty about that. Really? Um, well, in some ways, I I feel like it's such a pure pursuit. Like I'm using, <laughs> I'm using whatever materials I can get at the craft store. Or or from the internet. I mean, I'm not really getting nice nice hackles at the craft store, you know. But, not but you can you can tie some pretty amazing things with some really cheap things, and, and it, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's like something from nothing. Yeah. And then you get to communicate in a small in a small way with a world that's completely separate from yours, like the fish that swim in the water beneath you. Like mm. I am completely in awe of that and, and i just it's something i can't get enough of and 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 figuring out why they make decisions uh how they they operate what water temperature they prefer all that is it's just something that is just like it's intoxicating for me but but like i said i do use my time on the water uh to reconnect with with how i write songs and and why i write songs and and yeah and in some ways i i owe fishing part of my career because it's really it really has driven that side of my brain um and so but i also i also feel like uh i've i've really tried to divorce myself from the attention i get from from fishing you know i like have i have to do social media because of because i'm uh, a musician um and i and i do get a lot of attention when i post f- pictures of of beautiful fish and beautiful places um 
but I always feel like I'm cheapening it, you know? And, and I mean, once in a while I can't help it. Uh, but, but a couple of years ago, I basically committed to not bringing my phone, uh, with me to, to any, uh, <laughs> fishing trips. Wow. <laughs> How's that working just, for you? Um, it, it's good until you, until you get stranded somewhere. Right. Uh, you know, like there's these things where you expect to be able to get a hold of somebody if you get a flat or something, but just leaving your phone, hmm. not just in the truck, but like at home. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't I, know I if I can do with, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Especially if something monumental happens. Well, like, yeah, especially with kids. You never know what's going on. And totally. if you catch that fish of a lifetime, and I'm not talking about bragging, I'm not talking about your social media, but you want to catch, especially if you're putting it back. <laughs> Did that really totally. ha- did that really happen? Yeah, I know. I know. Hmm. But does that mean I will like it less? No. No. I've proven that I've I've proven that to myself. So Probably more. In some ways, yeah. It, it it did enrich the experience that I didn't have to document this moment. And I just got to have this special moment with this fish and let it go. Mm-hmm. And the annoying part was that I did like, I did have some, like some, some PBs broken in this last, uh, <laughs> in this last while. Sure you did. Uh, sure. Yeah, I know. Sure it, doesn't, you did. it doesn't even matter. Right. It doesn't even matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, and, I... and, uh, and, you know, and, but I think like, I'll probably, I feel like I was just like, I was just taking a break and I think I'll probably start documenting my fishing life because i i i'm i love watching other people's fishing lives on the internet it's funny how Um, like instagram you can kind of sway it that way you know like it's it's so much like any other form of media i mean facebook's a little different twitter whatever but but when we instagram and that's what i use like for my it's like i have different lives you know you have your personal life which is not necessarily fishing centric but my this podcast everybody i basically talk to either fly fishes or hunts or you know spending yeah. time in the great outdoors so you're it's amazing to me how your world can get skewed you think everybody's doing this because that's all totally. i see on my feed and that becomes your your reality right <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, and those are all the pages I follow is is, is hunting and fishing pages. Uh, and when I click explore on Instagram, that's what comes up. Yeah, and Same. and then I meet and then I meet these guides and and fly shop owners. And Big Al comes to mind in the Crow's Nest Pass of Alberta, mm-hmm. who basically won't allow. He wouldn't allow me to bring my phone, and I was like, that was the best day of fishing <laughs> I've had in years because I wasn't thinking about documenting it anyway or how i was gonna use this to further my own whatever brand you know and and uh and he has he hires these he hires these young guides in his shop and and they've sort of taken this doctrine on too and now there's this like this little bit of a pushback they're still posting pics but but not like they were you know like there's there is a resistance to to only trying to to gain notoriety based on a picture you post on instagram it's like do you actually like being out here like i fish with a lot of people where every every single time i go out with them it's like a it's a it's a press photo opportunity and i'm like oh man like i do not want to be here anymore i didn't like yeah was i supposed to do my makeup for this what's going on here like i like so like there it's a balance and i think uh, i i was just trying to like 
to to ease up my my addiction to it and to to try and continue relentlessly push my music uh through through the the sort of character i have um which you know like which is being i'm a, i'm like a, a a i do a lot of things you know like i'm i'm uh i'm an avid gardener i i hmm. i farm i have we have in-laws have cattle um we i like i said i'm an obsessed bow hunter and and i've and i've managed to to arrow a, like a monster whitetail and, and all these things don't mean anything uh but they're part of who i am and so i want people that you know that that digest my music to understand that i love to fly fish and i love to hunt and i love to yeah. hike and um but but I, it, it it has to be balanced against like why why i'm doing this stuff i'm not doing it for that and it, as soon yeah. as i start as soon as my motivation to go out fishing becomes about that in any way i i'm i'm done now like I, yeah and 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 so like that's that's the deal for me is like trying to trying to keep that part of my life special um well it sounds to me like just, you're doing not just not just ring it out for all it's worth you know sounds to me like you're doing a pretty good job of that i mean trying I know what you mean by that. Like it, it, when it, it's almost part of your DNA and, and I think there's a, there's an authenticity there. And I think artists really feel the need to be themselves more than any other people on the planet. Because if you're not yourself, how are we going to believe in you? Yeah, that's right. That's right. This is the deal. It's like, uh, I, I want, when I pick up the guitar and I look at you in the eyes and I'm on stage and, and I'm at the microphone. If you don't believe me, I'm screwed. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I need to be completely honest with you when I'm singing every single song. Like even yeah. if I wrote that song 10 years ago, I need to, I need to bring myself back to that place hmm. or that whoever that song's about and, and try and be completely legit. Uh, otherwise it just won't work. I mean, people yeah. see through it. You've, you've seen through it. <laughs> you know, you, everybody has, everyone's seen something as like, yeah. I mean, there's obviously like exceptions to that rule where, where the, where the art becomes about, uh, showmanship or like, uh, you know, something that's larger than, than a, than a, than a person's voice. Uh, but, but in terms of like being a singer songwriter, that's like all I got. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, that's the thing that I have to lean on and I'm happy to, you know, I think this is a perfect opportunity that we should play one of your songs. Um, can we do that? Yeah, for sure okay. we can. So I, I want you to pick the song, though. I want you to, you know, if if we play one song in the middle of this podcast that you, you're like, this is this is Del Barber. This is oh, what I'm about. What's your one? What's your one song? <laughs> oh, you're killing me. I don't know. Uh, you know. Okay. Um, I would say you should play Big Smoke. Yeah, I just listened That's to cool. that. That's the one I'm going to recommend. Okay, well, that's what's coming up. And uh, which record company did you record this with? Is this indie uh, stuff? True North Records. True North. Okay. Yeah. So this is Big Smoke. Check it out. Del Barber on the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Stalling. It's 
been so long since you've seen the prairie stars I'm not sure you can recall them If there's something here for you to find You may have found it once and lost it now We used to fly through the woods On the backs of quarter horses Picking dandelion bouquets For our sister and our mother I felt like men, but we were boys too young to know that we were free as fire. And you lost out in the big smoke, looking for a way home. There are no straight paths, there's no Brother, do you remember that warm September morning? We were shooting cans at Dad's 22 without a worry or a warning. You pulled the trigger down and dropped that deer, and you looked at me with tears in your eyes. And I never in a million years thought that you'd make that shot. And I picture you with your sight still on something so far off wherever you are I hope you're being careful about the things you think you want and you're lost out in the big smoke without a fire there are no straight paths no Del, I want to talk to you about 
your your career like best jobs worst jobs so think about okay. this what's yeah. are you living your best life i assume you are i mean you seem really passionate about your songwriting and your you know your creative outlet when it comes to music and playing what guitar banjo mandolin harmonica uh singer songwriter there's your plate's fairly full but um are you living your best life right now best gig ever boy i think so i mean i don't i mean how do you know i guess uh i i certainly i certainly feel like um i could have done a better job along the way you know like i definitely think about that like the moments that opportunities where i i should have capitalized on and didn't uh moments when i didn't do as as well as i could have done i like i want to be honest about about that in my art and my life in general um mm-hmm. but in terms of career path like oh man it feels if it, it, it would be impossible for me to be doing anything else you know that's how i feel yeah. uh so that's pretty heavy yeah. man that's <laughs> like like seriously yeah like no it is and, and that it to is. me is how you know you're doing your gene you're living your best life. You're doing your dream job. You know that you, it's like you're fishing. You know, you have to go fishing. You know, you have to sit down and write a song. It's not like you have a choice. No, I don't feel like I have a choice. I my wife, Halen, she said that to me there. She's like, I, there's just not, I can't imagine you doing anything else. And she's like, but you're, you're good at a lot of stuff. Like you, you're capable of, Mm -hmm. of, of, of doing something else if that's what you want. But like, I can't imagine it. I'm like, I, yeah. Because like the temptation is to do something where you actually make money, you know, in, in yeah, your life. Because but... like being a songwriter is like, eh, it's not about the money. Yeah. Um, money breaks and... dreams, though, man. Like I've seen it so many times. It's yeah, like, for sure. you know, you see somebody in this great job, they're making all this coin, and they are not happy. Mm-hmm. It's like, what makes you happy? Just do that. And it's like for me, that's that's not my message to my kids. Is like if you. And they're dancers, okay? So, nice. And uh, they were in New York. They're taking um, holy. They're schooling and and they're they're teaching. You know, um, they're dance instructors. They want to go back to to Manhattan because that's that's where you got to be, right? Yeah, that you got to follow. You know, whether you're dancing or you're doing your music, you, you know, you can only you don't always want to be at the Legion in Whitehorse, right? You got to go to Nashville no. or you got to go to yeah. You got to go where you got to go, and uh, for me, that's. I don't know. I just, for me, I can't imagine doing something I don't love doing. I've, I've almost never done it my whole career, and I just can't imagine. I feel bad for people that have to do that. Yeah, it, I do. I just want to, like, stress how amazing my my lifestyle is and how, like, I how much I get, how many days I get to spend on the water every year. Mm-hmm. And if I was doing anything else, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get to have that time. Uh, I wouldn't get to chase elk around Manitoba in the, in, the, in September. You know, I, like I, 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 I make my own schedule. I, I don't, there's months I don't really work much uh, so I could fish. You know, the months I want to be in Alberta, I'll take shows in Alberta. I'll take a show at the golf course in Nordeg, Alberta. And it's not the best <laughs> show ever. But, I love it. But man, I like, I, I book shows around water and like what other job what other job allows me to to go and fish small rivers in pennsylvania one week Mm -hmm. and then and then fish the madison or or whatever you know the next week like it's it's wild and uh, i feel pretty fortunate that 
in some ways I feel like I'm getting paid to, to fish, you know, I'm, I'm playing music. It doesn't really, yeah. No, that never feels like work when you're actually playing it. Sometimes the driving and, and the, and the travel gets, gets hard, but otherwise, mm. you know, let me ask you this as somebody that's uh, in the industry and, and w- what do you like to record your vocals on? Is there a specific mic brand that you use? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Yeah. You... My favorite microphone is a U47. Okay. Uh, and preferably one from like the fifties. Wow. Or sixties. They're, I think they're like 25 grand now. What? Yeah. Crap. They like, they're insane. They're, huh. but like, you know, like I don't, I can't own one. I have a U47 copy that, that sounds great. Hmm. It's like newer and it was, you know, it was, it was uh, a, a, a small fraction of that cost. What is it that you like about that? Is it, is it just a retro sound? Is it, is it like, wh- like specifically for me, it's, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> completely honest. It, it, I, there are parts of my voice that I don't love. So. Um, anytime it starts to sound nasally, mm. and so anything that can help yep. me avoid some of that that frequency in that in yeah. the sort of nasally compression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I usually throw a little compression on this show just because I'm the same. I I hate my freaking voice. I hate it. Yeah, you're you got but, a great voice, man. Uh, but yeah, and compression also helps with just noise too. And you're interviewing people, like trying yeah. to avoid that yeah. that weird space sound when you're. You know, and that's what yeah. separates the the real podcasts. It's just like a little bit of production. It doesn't take much. No. Uh, well, I will tell you that um, your audio is as good as anybody I've talked to. It's I don't yeah. I'm know, running a I'm running a like a, a it's it's not a great mic, but I'm running a great uh, uh, whatever convert like audio conversion and uh, and like so it's it's not like the computer mic. You know, it's like an actual. Well, microphone that's good for speaking uh it's good and that's the key I, I do a lot of this stuff and and i i don't want to sound bad uh yeah i don't want it i don't want, I don't want people to struggle to hear what i'm saying you know i i i mean you probably like me and that the audio is all i have i get nothing else so there's no right. video um so it's like uh without that what do we have for sure but uh, I, I went and bought a Shure mic. I got the most expensive one I could possibly find at the audio place in, in town here, and um, I love it. Are you in Are you in Penticton? Where are yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm oh, at. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, Peach, okay. Peach City. Um, not born, but raised, and uh, yeah, it's home. We're, uh, it's a good spot. I mean, we see it. Where did you grow it. up? Uh, it's funny. So my folks were from England, so they moved out from the Midlands. So Birmingham area, oh, cool. and they moved, they moved to Fort Mac in 68. Whoa. Yeah. And then went, what the hell are oh, we doing here? Man, that's and, a wild change. Yeah. Right off. They got the day oh. they got married, they went to, uh, Fort McMurray and then, um, it was a dirt road from Edmonton North back then. And there was yeah, no oil. No it kidding. was just, my dad was a teacher. And then they, uh, they went, oh, this was not maybe the right call, and they went back to England. So I, I lived there for five or six years, started school okay. there, and then and then we came out to uh, to the Okanagan because um, they came through here on their way back and remembered they really liked it. And uh, my dad took a job with the school district here back in, I don't know, maybe 75. So nice. been here since, yeah. and, uh, you know, 
I did the radio thing, moved away a few times in Vancouver and a lot of small towns, Revelstoke, Salmon Arm. For sure. The but, radio life. Yeah, exactly. It's uh <laughs> it's like, you know, beer and pizza and, and all the free t shirts and, and totally <laughs> uh just can can you live off nine hundred dollars a month before tax? No, actually I can't. <laughs> no but it no, was you uh, think you can when you're starting out. You think like I remember I told my dad, I was like, I can live on ten grand a year. He's like, Good luck, man. But you know what? It was Good the it was luck. the coolest thing because I did it because I loved it. And we didn't we didn't need to get rich, but as long as you could pay the bills and then, but at some point reality sets in and you're like, How am I gonna get a house? How am I gonna do this? And it's like Yeah. You know. Um anyway, it yeah, was sure. uh You'll laugh. I actually started doing a fly or a fishing show on the radio, and uh, buddy at the fly shop heard it. Asked me to come manage his fly shop slash hockey hunting fishing store. Nice. So then, anyway. hockey hunting and fishing. Oh man, it's very Canadian. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's about as Canadian as it gets. But uh, yeah, um, I think I got a pretty good feel for your day to day, man. I'm going to ask you a, a couple. A couple questions. I want you to put your cool. art, artist hat on for me. All right. Um, yeah. Paint me a picture. Your dream day. So this is exactly, it plays out exactly how you want it. Who are you fishing with? Um, what type of water are you, are you on? Um, what kind of patterns you throw in? What's cold to drink in the, in the glass? Paint us a picture of your perfect day. Oh, man. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so... I wake up, it's dark, but I can like make out the silhouette of the mountains. Okay. I'm in a tent and it's raining. It's not raining hard, but it's just like, it's just raining. Uh, it's, it's steady. It's cool. Um, I wake up and I'm the, it's the first day of a six day trip. And I, I've rolled into camp the night before and I fall asleep and I take a leak and it's raining. So I probably put my waders on, even though it's, it's probably early July, I think my dream day. And I'm fishing the same river I've fished for the, t uh, the last 10 years, every summer uh multiple day trip on the eastern slope of the Rockies. I'm not going to say which one because it's lame to do that uh, to, for the people that, that live close by. Amen. Um, Amen to that. But uh, it hasn't rained the week before, so this, the water is like mint. And it's, it's, it's early in the season, so I fish best. <laughs> I fish best when... When you can't sight fish, <laughs> I like, fish what better. is that? What does that mean exactly? You just don't want to know what's going on. No, I I fish better when I can imagine where there's fish, um, and and uh, when I can see the uh, when I can see them rise, it's fine. I don't get, but when I see pods of of like eight or ten fish in in gin clear water, I generally screw it up way more often, and I'm probably screwing up just as much when I can't see them, but but. Uh, but I, I really enjoy having enough clarity where I, the, the fish can, can see my flies and it covers my mistakes. Uh, uh, I get it. And, and so 
you know, my mending doesn't have to be as perfect. And I, I you know, I like, uh, I, it's just, there's just some forgiveness in the water. I like it to be clear, but, but forgiving. Um, I don't know. Some listeners are going to think that's so lame. Um, but believe me, any no. chance I get to sight fish, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But, but, uh, but I just know that for my perfect day to go perfectly, for me not to get frustrated, um, I'm going to, I'm going to be fishing probably, hmm, I'm probably going to, my, the first fly I'm going to put on is probably like a size 16 stimulator, probably yellow. Um, and I'm probably going to fish it, uh, without any floatant. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to try and fish that thing just so it, just so it's sinking. You know, it's, it's, it, I can still see it. It's big enough, but it's, it's not sitting on top of the water. It's sitting in the foam really well. And, uh, and that's going to be the first pattern I fish and, um, there's going to be no one else around. I'm not going to be fishing with anybody. Um, and I'm going to spend all day on the morning. It's going to rain until about 10 AM in my perfect day. And then the sun's going to come out and there's going to be no wind. And I'm going to be making my way behind four mule deer, probably on this river. I always seem to be walking behind mule deer, and I, I love that when it happens. And it means that there's no one else around; they're, they're not getting pushed around. It ever if I see mule deer ahead of me, uh, it means that I'm probably there's probably no one else in that stretch of water. You know, I, I, yeah. it gives me that that sense of like, okay this this next two miles i'm probably the first one there so like just like i'm picking up on those signs that's a detail man that is a detail yeah those are are the things that 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 really have made me a better angler um Hmm. and 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 for instance if i see you know if you see fresh boot prints you think oh maybe they were yesterday maybe day before maybe this morning you start thinking about it if I know there's people ahead of me, I'm going to change how I fish right away. I'm probably going to start nymphing way sooner than I would have. Um, I probably won't be fishing for the most opportunistic fish. Um, in my first few hours of the day, I'm probably going to be, I'm probably going to be trying to get nymphs deep and I'm probably going to be targeting big fish. Um, and if there's no one ahead of me, I'm probably just going to be enjoying myself. Um, walking just as much as I'm fishing. I, I don't spend a lot of time in particular spots ever. Uh, and so unless there's a pile of people, then I will because I have to. But my perfect day involves me putting five miles on my boots and not seeing anybody else. I mean, that's a lot of people's perfect day too, but I'm happy to be one of them. Hmm. And then at night when I get back, my fishing buddy Ray... 65 year old dude's gonna be there. He's gonna have showed up in his in his 90s Tacoma. <laughs> I and love it. He, yeah, classic fly fishing rig. Yeah, and uh, he's gonna have tunes. He's gonna have like Django Reinhardt playing. I'm gonna. I can hear it coming, and he's gonna see me. He's gonna right away make fun of me that I was that I'm wearing waders because it's now 25 degrees or something. <laughs> and and I'll make a comment like I think I can boil an egg in these waders or something like that that's probably what i'll say it's so hot i can boil an egg in these things and then he's gonna throw some sort of cheap drinkable beer in the river from the top of the bank and he's gonna expect me to catch it 
and keep my eye on it all the way until it gets to me maybe maybe like 500 500 yards maybe from me downstream i'm gonna be trying to net this beer <laughs> that's probably gonna be like a pbr or like a miller high life <laughs> or something those, those are the, i drink both of those on yeah. occasion well, of course you do pbr man yeah i mean i love i love like i love really good uh uh, uh, fancy yeah. hippie beer. Ray would call it a hippie beer, but that's not camping that. beer, right? That's not no. camping beer. That's right. So, and I, I mean, I I will always indulge in in, in the sour or the the, yeah. the IPA. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan. But yeah. when I after a day on the water, I want to be refreshed by something yeah. crispy like a pilsner, uh, Pabs Blue Ribbon, or or a Miller High Life. And uh, geez, you're hitting so the I'll, stops, I'll, man. I'll drink one of those on my walk back to Ray and then he'll have another one ready for me to drink and then I'll drink that one and then I'll probably um because we're celebrating because uh, we probably haven't seen each other in months um we're probably going to we're probably going to break out probably some probably some some bourbon of some Ooh. sort probably something uh Hazel Baden, Hazel Baden, yeah, like that. yeah, Basil, Basil, Hayden, Basil Hayden. Yeah, or, sorry, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, uh, and if if it's me choosing, I'll probably, I'll probably bring, I'll probably bring a, a rye whiskey, probably like Lot Forty or Sazerac or something, something fancy, because Ray's coming out. If I can get Ray on the river, uh, I'm gonna be spending a hundred bucks on a bottle for us. Wow. Uh, and then once we're through that, then it then it's then it's back to the doldrums of of whatever whatever else we have. But uh, but in my experience, like cheap beer and expensive whiskey is the way to live on mm. the river if you're camping. Uh, oh, that's that's amen. how I roll. I get that. I totally do. It's like cool. trust me. I love those hoppy beers, and uh, yeah, I'm too. all over the map if I'm sitting down to have one at a pub. But if you're out there camping. I mean, it's the it's the red and whites, as we call them, or the uh, totally. the PBRs, or the uh, Miller High Lifes, or the MGDs, or the yeah, just something cool. I'm a big Moosehead fan as well for yeah. for those Canadian uh, listeners. Mm. Uh, it's it's a great union made beer from out east. I, I I do spend a lot of time fishing out east in New Brunswick, and yeah, um, it's a it's a really good company, and it's totally drinkable. I love them. That's so a... I, I would I would pick that too. That's a gooder. I feel like I feel like Moosehead is like uh, Heineken's younger slutty cousin. You know? <laughs> that's that's quotable. What do you think about that? I sense I sense a song. Um, like, yeah. that's cute. I love it. You just painted as good a picture as I've probably ever heard because uh, I can tell you're an artist when your words resonate, and uh, it's just I don't want to sound too cheesy, but I love it. Um, you verbalized some things today. I haven't been able to verbalize in three years of doing this. So I, I appreciate oh, man. it. That's, I thank appreciate you. It. it gets me really excited to get out there. Oh, like, you're probably, you're probably chomping at the bit right now because oh, I need mean, 50 centimeters of snow. Okay. So <laughs> we're recording this full disclosure end of April, 21st of April. Now yeah. realizing that we're probably four weeks out from airing it. So this will probably be towards the end of May mm-hmm. and that, that hurts a little. I'm not gonna lie, cause I. Uh, is there any open water where you are? Right now? Yeah. No. There, uh. there will be. There will be the 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 tailwater to the the Assiniboine River will be open, uh, but it's it's closed right now. 
the season won't open till uh weekend before may long so it, that'll be fishable and, and i will get to fish that river but all the lakes are going to have ice till june so sure. why are you not playing in arizona right now or yeah, that's uh, a good question i mean what what's going on here i, I think would you not be looking to get to even even the west coast i mean yeah pacific northwest you can do some fishing right now everything's starting to open up totally we should be there where are you tell me what you got going musically as far as your tour coming up um what's what's going on with the the day job let's skip the fishing for a few minutes yeah so so i've been just putting the finishing touches on another full-length record uh so that's basically taking all my time just finish the mixing it's going to mastering here in a week or two um and then i have to make a plan to how to release that thing uh so now i'm i'm just sort of taking shows taking the low-hanging fruit like whatever shows i can get that are close to home to try to try to make some money so i can release this record appropriately you know it's, it's a big investment hmm. uh so that's where my head's at and trying to trying to line up the rest of my summer and then uh and then plan my my fun things around around those shows um but yeah if, if probably if i wasn't finishing this record uh, running back and forth from edmonton right now uh, i would probably try i would have tried to get some shows out west but however you know like uh, i've had i don't know almost 150 shows get canceled right because of the pandemic so you know like having all these shows lined up i just stopped book we just stopped booking stuff for a while so i haven't i haven't really been able to support my habits uh through music let me ask you this del like from okay so the the last two years kind of the covid haze i look at all these fly patterns that are coming out on instagram (laughs) and i'm like holy crap and then and then i would assume (laughs) that in your space so singer songwriters think of all the music that is sitting waiting to hit the scene right now i i can't think of a more exciting time in our life musically honestly it it will it will be it will be an absolute deluge yeah agreed and so that's the thing i'm talking about with my team my manager and agents uh, like they're like i don't even know if we can get you in get avails for for clubs to tour this record if you're going to put it out in the fall so they're like you should wait because there's just way too many releases on the docket right so I'm probably going to be pushing my release back into winter of, of you know, early, early 23, uh, because of that. Hmm. But I, I agree. Like it's absolutely exciting. Um, I, I'm the COVID haze with fishing is that was a shock. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how many people were going to try to fall in love with fly fishing. Oh, uh, it's a gong show out there. It's a disaster. I mean, it's it's good. Ultimately, I have to believe it's good because I yeah. want people to, to to love this thing. There's just mm-hmm. there's just some missing moments here of like there's just way more garbage than I've ever seen. There's yeah. there's way too many people not learning how to read regs for <laughs> where they are. Yeah. Um like and I don't want to, I'm not the police. I don't want to go and tell people what to do or what, if they're doing, but I, I, I also don't want them to, to like get their truck impounded. So I, you know, if I see something crazy, I'm going to be like, dude, you know, you should, uh, <laughs> yeah, like no. it's, it's a really strange thing. And, and I mean, in BC, you guys have, have like, 
some of the most challenging regs to interpret. We we do. We do. Um, you're famous for it. And thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, but I, you're I you're not wrong. I just can't imagine if you're starting out and you have to deal with that. Yeah. That monument. Uh, yeah. Know, and and not realize that you're on restricted waters, all, all those things. Like I think ultimately they're really good ideas, but but some simplification would, would really help. And I think most of the other provinces need to be a little bit more like BC. Um, you know, both hunting and fishing rigs, you know, like this is, I'm passionate about, about, about this type of thing. And I, I really want people to be out there, but I want them to be able to understand why the, the rules are there yeah, and what they're helping by following them, you know. And it's not like just, the old days where here's the, the rule is the rule is the rule. Things are fluid, especially when you're talking salmon, you're talking sea run fish. They literally change by the day. So, you you know, you got to go in your local fly shop. And it's like, no, actually, that's closed right now. Or, you know, there's yeah. so many things that can change, even limits. I've seen change, you know, mid-season. Um, and and yeah. something we can't do here, Dell, and you probably know this, but um, we can't fish more than one fly. Um, right. If you're on your own in a boat, you could fish two rods, but you cannot fish two <laughs> flies dumb. on one rod, which is like, that's, what that's the so hell's dumb. the difference? You know, but <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. That's, uh, yeah, that's that's too bad. But I guess you can fish indicator in a fly. So, yeah, but fine. yes, but you know what I mean? It's like it's um, sometimes it's like, well, you can't fish two rods from shore, but you can fish two rods from the boat if you're on your own you, yeah so this is the type of rule that that bothers me because like can you fish a treble hook um not very often depends where you are there okay. are still some lakes that you can but that yeah. used to be so i used to i was a sporting goods manager in a canadian tire um before i got into winemaking and and one thing that used to drive me nuts is okay we're out west and i get i'd have walls full of pickerel gear and yeah. and pickerel yeah. rigs and, and treble hooks and i'm like going well i can't even use that what what, what are no. we supposed to do with that it's not like you can it's a pretty big country right um it's not like you can just say okay one one size fits all let's let's have some musky well there's no musky where i'm at we're in a friggin desert and we're fishing for smallmouth and largemouth bass and you know what i mean it's like yeah um, yeah totally yeah oh, it's yeah. uh it's not a one stroke, you know, fits all um, when it comes to fishing. But hey, man, I I can't tell you how glad I am that uh, our mutual buddy Ryan Ermit reached out and said, "Man, you need to chat with Dell because he he knows how passionate he loves your music." First off, as do I after listening to it, and I can tell you, you're going to be uh, a go to on my playlist from now on. And uh, I just want to encourage you to keep up the good work, keep up the songwriting, keep up the fly fishing, and um, do me a solid and check back in with us once in a while. And let us know what you're up to. Because if, if you're out fishing those waters in Montana and Colorado and Pennsylvania, we want to hear about it. Yeah, man, for sure. I got I got a bunch of trips planned. I'll keep you posted for sure, man. Thanks so much for having me on. It's it, been an absolute pleasure. It's been my pleasure. I'll send you a link to the show when it's up. It'll be about a month out. You've been listening tonight to a chat with Del Barber out of Inglis, Manitoba, Canada. Um, now, Del is a Canadian indie folk, alt country, Americana. Just check him out. Just go to iTunes, 
go Dell Barber, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Just some genuine, legit stuff. And I think uh, probably something that all of our listeners can relate to. So I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us this time around. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Thank you.